0: time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake.
1: I'm Alice Sullivan.
0: And I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're going to cover chapters 20 through 25 of The Great Hunt, book two of The Wheel of Time.
2: Yeah, previously on The Dragon Reread, Perrin embraces his wolfiness for the good of the horn hunters. And Egwene has some spooky Rand dreams. You know, normally Rand has them, but Egwene's like, nah, me too. And then she and Nynaeve arrive in Tarvalon to begin their training, so that's pretty cool. Uh, Ren's crew meets a super hottie Celine who is totally not evilly manipulating their every move. Definitely not. She's totally normal. It's, <laughs> everything's fine. And uh, But at least she helps them get home, so that's nice. And hey, they even end up with the horn and the dagger back from PF and the DS. So that's nice. <laughs> yeah, so it's good. So everything is going good for our heroes. Yeah, everything's going great. Right. Chapter 20,
0: side in, with the icon of the Dragon's Fang. So after coming out of the or the, their stealth mission, uh, Rand and his party they head south and they
2: go to towards Carohian. How do we say that? Car Carohian? Car, I already say Carohine, mm. but yeah, Eltar oh, pronunciation. It. I looked it up Mistress. and I forgot.
1: Hang on, just a second. I'm. It's Kyrian. What? What? Kyrian. No. Kyrian. Look. I,
0: really.
2: Kyrian.
0: Yeah, that's not even close to what I thought. Kyrian. Kyrian. Which is a uh, yet another country in this world, and uh, Celine is there, and she's still obsessed with the horn, obsessed with trying to get Rand to
2: take the horn and to be a hero, and she's using all of her pretty feminine wiles to manipulate. So it's like, him. hey, it'd be really nice if you had, like, if you held up that horn so I could see you one last. She's, just, she's basically just trying to get a pick for her spank bank, right?
3: That's like
2: the deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and
0: it, it, it's kind of working on Rand. He's like, yeah, you know, she looks at me and I feel good.
1: I mean, to be fair, though, like. When he's... We, we've we've agreed Rand is probably in his late teens. Weren't you guys just as dumb when you were in your late teens? If there was some pretty mysterious lady who showed up and was showing a lot of interest in you, don't you think you'd be kind of swayed by that?
2: Uh, Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah but, I mean, but at this point, like, Rand is not, like... I mean, he's, like... He's not exactly, like, unexp- inexperienced, right? Like, he's had, like, a, a daughter heir. He's had, like... I know a couple of ice and training. Like he said, he
1: he hasn't had them. He hasn't had <laughs> sex with them. He's he had like
2: had their that. attentions. You know, he's had a lot of he's had a lot of ladies throwing themselves at him. This is nothing new for Rand. He's kind of used to it. You know, yeah. he's, he's still tall, like hair, he's handsome.
1: still a seventeen-year-old or nineteen-year-old whatever guy.
2: Yeah, that's true. All right, yeah. And
1: she's actually...
2: like so pretty,
0: so
1: pretty. Has he ever he's actually
2: so kissed a girl?
1: I don't think he has because. His Because really the only relationship he's ever had is with Egwene, and they haven't even really had a relationship, and we don't hear about him kissing anybody in the it book.
0: consummated their betrothal. Exactly. <laughs> so they're heading south, and they, they come across the excavation of a giant statue.
1: Oh, this was so cool.
0: It was really neat. Yeah, this, it's like a hundred spans deep, however long a span is, probably...
2: Yeah, like I, I a was. Yard they've been using foot. a lot of measurement words, and I'm having trouble with it a little bit because there's like so <laughs> it's a hundred <they're>, centimeters deep. <laughs> there, there's like uh, I'm trying to think. There's there's it's the span. Mm-hmm. There's um, oh man, I can't think of any of them. They, Is it hectares? No, they don't use any any uh, measurements that correspond to anything that I could necessarily fathom what they're talking about. You yeah, know? I, I assume it's either a foot or a yard, but a hundred maybe, like, maybe it's like maybe it's like this. A span, it's an arm span. I'm holding out my arms again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to point out uh, a, a passage here again. You know, I mean, I know we harp on this a little bit, but this is talking about Nynaeve. Rand, Rand is is uh, is kind of obsessing about the the prophecies of the dragon because anytime he's doing anything that Celine's trying to get him to do, he's like, "Is there a part in the the dragon prophecies that that says something about?" The dragon holding the horn, or something like that. You know, he's he's trying he's trying to be aware of that stuff. But as but he he mentions that he doesn't know the dragon prophecies very well because the one time he heard a merchant's guard telling a part of it back in Emmonsfield, Nainiv had broken a broom across the man's shoulders. Yeah, that's what the fuck. That's serious assault. Like <laughs> yeah, like it's like he's just telling a story, and Nynaeve comes in with a broom and like beats him until like
1: what is that? Breaks a broom? Yeah.
2: Nynaeve, come on, mm-hmm. come on.
1: I feel like there's a double standard going on here too. Because if it had been a guy who beat a woman That would be,
2: be that would be really inappropriate. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm.
1: But Robert Jordan yeah, is so. just like, Oh, women are women be all sassy or well, well, yeah, whatever.
0: Like, in his view, violence by women is funny because
2: it's harmless. 'Cause Yeah. No, breaking a broom across someone's back doesn't sound harmless, it but doesn't. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think that's Robert maybe from... it was
0: a really crappy broom. <laughs>
2: a really weak broom. It's just like a stick. It's like a little <laughs> stick. Yeah. Uh, but I, but I also I also noticed that Rand is actually starting to defy Celine to some degree. Like she's really trying to like pressure him into stuff. He's like,
0: well, he, he never does what she wants, actually. Yeah.
2: Like, except for the time when
0: the, <laughs> all those Grom attacked and drove drove them to do what Celine wanted them to do anyway. Just like, coincidentally,
2: it really seems to be frustrating her because you know she can't. I, it seems as if she. She feels that she should be able to manipulate people for whatever reason, you know. It's, yeah, it's definitely not magic, but for whatever reason, she can't seem to get Rand to do what she wants. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, the excavation. Sorry. Yeah, they come to this excavation, which
0: is awesome. You know, it's it's a hundred spans, whatever span it is, uh, deep, and it's they, all they see is a giant hand holding a giant sphere and like a face over by it, yeah. implying that it's even bigger than this giant hole. Right, it's this statue. Uh, and it's so cool, like it's epic sized, you know, Lord of the Rings sized. Yeah, and and they're
2: just some people digging it out. And, and Celine it, seems frightened by this statue. Like she seems act like actively in avoidance, and you know she won't. She doesn't say anything about it, but she seems to. It, she seems to be. She seems to think that there's a there could be a problem with this thing. Yeah, well, Rand is really into it. He's
0: <laughs> he's drawn into it and has like a moment with it. Yeah, uh, which she's and it's like the. A side in moment, the a, a magic power moment where it's he's like taken over by side in and just staring at this statue and and she's trying to draw draw him away but eventually like he says the aiel mantra to himself and that helps him
2: snap out of it
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh which I guess he's just genetically an aiel
0: or something
3: <laughs> aiu
2: yeah it's uh, it's in his blood apparently yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, and uh, it, it, I, I'm guessing it's some kind of angry owl. I mean I, that' that'd be that would be yeah. my only guess. something magic having to do with the male half of the one power and Celine knows she knows it's dangerous. yeah, she says she says that it's dangerous and she, he should stay away from
3: it. Yeah. Another
1: super cool thing about the statue is they've uncovered not only part of a face but also a hand which is holding a perfect sphere that has no scratches or anything on it, mm-hmm. which makes me think back to, for example, the white bridge. These things that were created during the Age of Legends,
0: yeah. Yeah, it seems like something that's created in the the Age of Legends. How? Who else could have built something so big? It must be gigantic, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, they can only see a small part of it, and it's Mm -hmm. depending on how big a span is, which I have no idea.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And uh, so some soldiers notice them, and they, they book it. We don't want to deal with this. But one thing that I wanted to notice, this is a little subtle, but Rand remembers that Bael Domond had told him of a hand with a sphere sticking out of a hill on the yeah. island of Tremalking. That's right. And then when they get to this village, the nearby village, his name is Tremwassian.
2: Oh, that's a really good point. And we so know they have a similar name, right? And we know that a lot of the names of these towns and villages and cities are you know, bastardizations of their ancient history names or something nearby. Yeah,
0: so this it seems like this town was maybe in distant history, named after something to do with this statue. Yeah. And that other island was also named after something to
2: do with that statue. Interesting. Yeah, that's a good observation. So there's, there's something going on here that we don't know. Some kind of pattern. Yeah, it, it definitely it definitely is something that Rand responds to in, in, in a, a potentially dangerous way. I don't know. If, I mean, we obviously can't assume anything that Selene is saying is true. But yeah. she at least seems scared about it, not... You know,
0: yeah, she seems to know more than any of the other people hanging out there, so... Because I her, wonder why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. her, because she's been reading the library. A really good librarian. Kyrian. <laughs>
1: Kyrian. Yeah, she's been. She's really into the library there.
0: <laughs> so they head to the village uh, in Dremwasien, and uh, they go to the inn, the Nine Rings, chapter twenty-one, the Nine Rings, uh, with an icon of a lute. Uh, this is a cool, a nice little inn. This
1: is
2: good, and I, yeah. I'd like to point out the innkeeper is not male; it's a female innkeeper.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I was wondering if it was going to follow the rule, though, when I saw it was because she is lean, which makes me think she's going to be evil. But then I read that she had a spotless white apron, so I knew she was going to be okay. Because in Robert <laughs> yeah. Jordan's world, that's how true. you know if an innkeeper is going to be honest or not, if, yeah. they're, if they have a clean apron. That's I, right.
2: That's I right, was right. actually really excited to read that there's a female innkeeper, and then a little bit later you learn that she inherited it from her husband. Uh. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I was and like, it was like a trick or something. Yeah, she didn't, she, want, she to didn't want it. And it was, I was like, oh, no, I have to stupid in. I thought I was going to give the money, but... He gave the money to his brother. I was like, "Man, all right, well, mm. steps, so steps, right."
1: Yeah, at least she's not the bossy cook in the kitchen who has totally pussy whipped the male innkeeper. That's right.
2: Mm-hmm. we have? Did we even meet the cook? Did we meet the cook, do we? Uh, this may be the first inn where we
0: don't meet the cook. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> so yeah, there's some soldiers there, and uh, Celine is is pissed off at Rand now for some reason, possibly because he's not doing what she wants him to do, uh, and so manipulation's not working. So she's going to try like icing him out. Yeah. Uh, and we get some cool, uh, actually descriptions of what the, uh, Kairienin are like, which is new. This is a new country we haven't been to before.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And they're, uh, they're very political. Because Hurin is there. Huron is, is Rand's buddy. And, uh, he says the Kyrie are always playing
2: Dice Diamar. The Great Game, <laughs> oh, man. the Game of Houses. <laughs> I would, I would hate this so much. I'd be like, I'm not hitting you. in the car. I, I, I can't handle this politicking stuff. Yeah, so it's all politics all the time, and they're yeah. all jockeying for advantage. Yeah, uh, and that's an interesting term, the Game of Houses. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, like throne game. Yeah, it's like some game where they're trying to like, if you don't play, I assume you die, right? Yeah, right. You you play, you, or you die. Yeah, the options are you die or something else. I don't know. Yeah,
1: I don't get it. I don't get the reference. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, so this is like Game of Thrones land. Yeah.
1: So we learn a lot about the Kyrianon here, but we also have a really surprisingly long description about what they're going to eat, which I was reading it, and I think it's just stir fry.
2: I thought it was, I, I <laughs> yeah. thought it was sweet and sour pork, actually. Yeah. I <laughs> like, this, he's like, oh, it's like... A crispy out exterior with like a sweet and tangy sauce. I was like, mm. "Yeah, strips and, of peppers." And yeah, things. I like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's "Yeah, exotic spices." It yeah. just
1: it just stuck out because Robert Jordan doesn't talk about food a whole lot.
2: He really, yeah, not not like uh, some of our other Tolkien. Yeah, Tolkien or even uh, George R. R. Martin has a, a lot of food yeah. descriptions. And this is, uh, yeah, this is probably a useful
0: description because this is maybe the first time Rand is really partaking of the cuisine
2: of another. Uh, Place. So, well, I wonder, I mean, he's traveled around quite a, a lot at this point, and, and He was in Andor for most of the time, and then he was in Faldara, I where they eat, like,
0: MREs. Rocks. Yeah. <laughs> they Rocks with rocks on top of them, and <laughs> rock sauce. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think this is, we're getting into another scene where, where Robert Jordan paints, like, a, a an interesting mix of cultural influences into a new culture. Yeah. Which is something he's really good at. That's one of his strengths. Uh, so these people, it's they're somewhat Japanese and somewhat, they're, they're kind of hierarchical, but they're also a lot more political than I I think of the feudal Japanese as being. Yeah. Uh, so at this end, Rand gets interrogated by a and officer.
2: And it's not like a direct interrogation, it's like clearly trying to trick him. Yeah, he's, he's like, like, oh, yeah, and, you know, I'm trying to remember. Do that. you know
1: who Gareth Burnett, or do you know the name of the Captain General of the Queen's Guards? Oh, yeah, it's Gareth Bryan, and then he tries to trick him by saying that he's super young, and Rand is like, no, he's an old guy.
0: Yeah, and the guy's yeah. like, yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> yes. Like, he's, he's trying to fish for information, trying to catch him out in a lie. Yeah. He just met
2: him. He just walked up to his table, never seen him before in his life. But it is worth, it is worth pointing out that... Rand is doesn't look like an Andorman, right? Like he looks like an Aiel. And mm-hmm. the Kyrian uh have a wasn't it the Kyrian king who that the, the Isleman came to kill? Yeah, and they, they the lost war. the huge war. They were the other side in the Aiel war.
0: So and they lost a lot of people.
2: So I, I I I I imagine someone like Rand draws a lot of negative attention. Yeah, right, which Rand doesn't quite realize yet,
0: because mm-hmm. he's
2: slow on the uptick. Mm-hmm doesn't uh, doesn't catch on to that, but, stuff.
0: but also this guy, this random officer in the middle of nowhere, is playing Dais Diamar, uh-huh. the great game, mm-hmm. jockeying for position somehow, even here in the inn in the middle of nowhere, yep.
1: and he's trying to find out information about Celine, in like her name, but. At that moment, mysteriously, one of the serving girls drops her lamp and spills a bunch of oil, so Celine doesn't have to respond to him. Yeah, a total She starts
2: a fire. It's
0: just like okay, yeah, yeah. Instead of saying her name, which you know, is certainly not her name. So Celine, why not
2: just say it? Well, maybe. Well, he seems like the kind of person who'd be picking apart a part of story. So if if her name is Celine and she's a noble one from Kyrian. Then he's gonna he's gonna ask some questions about that, right? Like mm-hmm. what noble house? I've never heard of a Celine from whatever. Right? You yeah, know. she's not dressed like a noblewoman. Yeah, That's a good point. We'll learn later. Uh,
0: but yeah, so Rand sort of dumps his way through this interrogation because <laughs> he's not hiding anything, so he
2: does just fine. <laughs> and he and he happens to know a lot more about these than maybe a standard Emmons fielder because he's you know met the folks. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, and, and but at this end, Celine ditches him. Yeah, just disappears in the night. Past
0: a bunch of guards, right? Because apparently those guards had the inn watched because that's what Rand has got into now. This is what they do in Kyrian. Uh, but the the that officer sent a bunch of soldiers to escort them to Kyrian, the city. Uh, so off they go. I thought it was really cool. They said the officers wear like like Japanese style stiff battle standards on their their back so they can be identified.
2: Oh yeah, that's, that's right. Cool. That's Cool. Yeah. I like
0: that. And they also shave the front of their head, which is also Japanese. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's chapter 22, Watchers, with a icon of the dagger. So, in completely different news, uh, we get a, a
2: another chapter from Moraine's perspective. I love Moraine chapters because they're the only times that you you really get an idea of what is going on with her. And even in her chapters, they're written in a in such a way that you don't get a complete picture, but you get a lot of hints. It's always nice. And in
1: this one, she's having an extended conversation with Lan, and I think that's the first time we've really gotten a, a real look at a conversation and a interaction between them. Yeah,
0: usually they're just on the same page,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they don't even talk to each other. They just know what to do, because they've been together for so long. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Moraine is is doing research at just some the house of some Aes Sedai she knows, two old researcher-type Aes Sedai. Who conveniently had this, like, crazy library. <laughs> yeah, right? They just live in a small town and they have collected all these books and scraps and stuff. Yeah. Which is useful. Yeah. And uh, it says most people have forgotten these two Aes Sedai, uh, even exist, but not Moraine. She knows
2: everything. Uh, and we get a whole bunch of backstory for Moraine and Lan. <laughs> yeah, this is like... You get the impression this is very this is very unusual for them. In fact, I think they even say that this, that this sort of reminiscing is something that they don't really do normally. Yeah, but...
0: But that land has been weakened because naive's tendrils and creepers of love have started to pull apart the walls that he built so high around his heart. <laughs> oh, poor land! <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's a fun little backstory. It says that land threw her in a in a po- freezing pond. Uh, so she dumped
2: a. Little, so she <laughs> uses the the power to dump the pond on him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is totally out of character for what we know of Moraine, but I guess... Well, she was young once, right? Yeah, maybe she was like 98, just super childish and violent. Oh do mm-hmm. maybe. And, yeah, Moraine tells us... We don't know much about how water bonds work, but Moraine tells him that she's set it up to automatically transfer to another Aes Sedai.
1: This was so fucked up. Yeah, I think this is really
0: fucked, up, fucked too. up. Apparently you can compel use the water bond to compel
2: him to do things.
0: Which she doesn't normally do, because she doesn't have to, but
2: she yeah. set up this... this... This failsafe, I guess. Yeah, so
0: instead of it just being broken or something when she dies, it's going to go to somebody else, just some other person they know.
1: Yeah, and the and the explanation she gives is, I will not allow you to die in a useless attempt to avenge me, and I will not allow you to return to your equally useless private war in the blight, dot, 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 going on. And so she's she's taking away his free will completely. Yeah, right?
0: <laughs> like, he's... It's like fuck you, lady. That's that's what he wants to do, and he's he's been like a good companion for a long time. Yeah.
1: And she gets really offensive with him too. She she tells him who she's sending, who who the bond is going to pass to, a woman named Morel, who already has three warders. And she says, if Morel can keep her three guide in or warders in line, perhaps she has a chance to manage you.
3: Yeah. Wow. That's so
1: offensive. Screw Yeah. You. And Lam realizes that he gets really pissed off. He says, "I'm so I'm not a pet, but a parcel." More uh, Mirelle's going to be a caretaker, and then he points out that no Sedai has passed her waters bond to another in four hundred years.
2: Right, maybe because it's super messed up to do that. Yeah. Right, but but of course, this is all like this is all just manipulation, though.
1: Is be- it? Yeah, because
2: yeah. because at the, in the next bit, she talks. She talks about how she's like breaking down his wall so she can ask what she really wants to ask, which is why did why did he help Rand in the in the conversation with the Omerlin seat. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise he would. So he she's, would like, she's like, she's like, drill saying all these really messed up things just to break him down. Yeah. And it works. Right? Yeah. Land never breaks.
1: Well, and, and it- he gets
2: angry here. He
0: actually, you know, he's like, there's anger on his face and she's like, Oh my God, there's anger.
1: <laughs> and it's confusing too, though, to me, because at the end it said his bond is supposed to pass to Morell, And then it's going to pass to someone else. And Maureen says, it may be that morale will find a slip of a girl just raised to sisterhood. Who needs a warder hardened in battle, a slip of a girl who may need someone who will throw her into a pond. And so, mm-hmm. is she kind of like dangling naive in front of him? I think she
2: totally is. That's what I was hoping, at least, that, you know, she's like, well, you know, Nynaeve. Because, I mean, that would be, that would be a good pairing, right? You know, naive and land I guess. Maybe. Sure.
1: The Greens sometimes marry their warders. Yeah. That'd mm-hmm. be like,
2: I guess that'd be the only way they could be I, together. I
0: think that's what she's hinting at, and that's part of what breaks down his reserves, so is that she's going to. She's going to hook him up with the, the love of his life that he met a month ago.
2: But no, it was just a trick. <laughs> it was
0: just a trick. It was like, ugh. Oh. Well, I think, I know it's true. It's Is true it? what she's saying. Oh, like yeah, she's that's true. It like You're this right. to break it down. Uh, and yeah, because she she's making the point that he didn't give a crap about the Emmons Fielders, and then all of a sudden he starts helping them. But of course, it could just
2: be that they're Taverin. They're three Taverin. And so everybody gets messed up around them. hmm Yeah. Because uh, Land says, like, I don't, I don't even really know why I did it. It was just, you know, it seemed like the right thing to do. So yeah, that's so we love a lot of this, and
0: I you know I can I have to defend Moraine on this because Moraine is focused on the the end goal here, which is saving the world. Land is a really useful guy to have around if you're in the saving the world business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, of true. course, and he would. He would just go into the blight and kill himself. That's because he, he courts death like a suitor courts a maiden. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. He does. <laughs> and so, you know, this is if you're you're being like an ice cold calculator here, that's the right thing to do is you just keep this guy on side.
1: And we and and it says flat out that she feels jealous of his connection to Nynaeve. He that he knows that she's that Moray knows that land has definitely a. Uh... ...gotten with a whole lot of ladies and he's never... ...and she's never really cared. But now it says Moraine wondered when he would ask her to release him from his bond. So it's not if he's going to ask to be released to uh, presumably go to Nynaeve, but when. Yeah. And she's jealous, which is interesting.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's true. So I I would like to point out that after all this open heart-to-heart talk they actually have... ...Lan builds his walls back up and he has this awesome line about how... ...I know what a dream is for a dream... The only thing that's real is this, and he touches my sword. Uh, sorry, and he touches his sword and leaves the room. It's your sword too, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, he touches his sword and leaves the room, and that's just super badass, right? It's like stalks out to go yeah. practice sword fighting. Yeah, and Moraine's like, oh, yeah, that, that's land. There, he's back. <laughs> yeah. There we go. That's the land I know and love. So, uh, then Vandine comes on in and, and brings some tea, and there's a really useful. Q&A session with Vandine, who just knows all sorts of stuff. Yeah, exposition. So maybe this is how Moraine knows everything, is that she knows these people, who spend all their time reading things. Uh, and she talks about the prophecy, and this it says that there actually is some connection with Toman Head uh, in the dragon prophecies. Yeah. Which is something that keeps coming up in this book, Toman Head. The dragon,
2: Rand, is heading to
0: Toman Head. Nothing about the horn, though.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. So there's all the... Like, more, uh, sorry... Uh, yeah, Moraine's plans are all around Ran and this horn, but that doesn't seem to be a prophetic uh, marker, necessarily. Yeah, yeah, It's more just a thing that would get some attention on to him, which it just... just popped crazy. up, and so she's mm-hmm. factoring the horn into her plans. Right. Uh, and there's... We get a little bit of um, <laughs> eye-to-eye truth-bending. It's funny when they're talking to each other, because, <laughs> you know, if they start questioning one another, they can't lie. So there's this point where, let's see... Vondine is asking, uh, Lanfear was linked to the dragon to lose to lose there in Telamon." Morian, do you have some clue as to where the dragon will be reborn or was reborn? Has he come already? And Morian says, "If I did, would I be here instead of at the White Tower?" The Emmerlin knows as much as I, and I swear, uh, that I swear, <laughs> have you received <laughs> yeah. a summons from her? You know, it's yes. like truth twisted. <laughs> that's right. Because the answer, of course, is yes.
3: <laughs> yes, and the, Emmer-
2: and the Amaralyn does know
0: about it, yeah, which right. sounds crazy, but, you know, she's yeah. in on the scheme. But she says that to imply that she doesn't know anything. Right. Although, it seems like these brown sisters, I guess Vondine is actually green, but these researcher, I said I, know a lot more than they let on.
2: Or they know a lot more and they don't care, because, I mean, they're, they're, they're very detached. They're yeah. all about observing and recording.
1: But Vondine raises the point that instead of immediately gentling the dragon reborn the way the red Aja wants to do, she thinks first he has to be able to destroy the dark one, and then they can gentle
2: him. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah. counterpoint. Yeah, that's an, that's an interesting difference of opinion, because so far people have been pretty black and white about this, but it's interesting, interesting to see that some Aes Sedai have their own ideas about how it's going to go down. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's, it's prophecy. I guess they all sort of believe it's going to go down one way or the other, so they all have different ideas about how it should how it should play out, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but Maureen, of course, is like on team break the world, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. Maureen's
0: on team. Maureen knows everything and is going to handle everything. Nobody else needs to know about it, right? So she heads out into the garden after this useful QA, where she learns all sorts of things, uh, and she gets attacked by a drug car, which we haven't seen in a while, right? Since yeah, book one,
2: I think. We, yeah, we've only seen him in book one and only briefly. That like we didn't get to see. You know what they would actually do, sort sort of like flying around, yeah, scary they just people. fly around and suck,
0: yeah, uh, well, they do suck,, <laughs> they do suck, yeah, so this one shows up in the garden with her and just starts singing to her, and it like lures her in, and she it's it's super creepy, she knows. She knows that it's going to lure her in and, like, suck her
2: soul out or something. But she, but since she can hear the song, like, she can't bring herself to care about it. Yeah, these things are way more sinister and menacing than I than I thought from book one. You know, in book one I was like, okay, yeah, sure, it's like a, a flying Trolloc or troloc or something. But no, this is, like, a serious threat to even an Aes Eye. Yeah.
1: It is super creepy. They're basically and
2: dementors.
1: That's exactly what I was going to say. The Drakkar, they're totally dementors because it says you have to fear their kiss because once they kiss you then you're you're as good as dead to be drained of soul which is exactly what dementors do in the harry potter series oh is it yeah
2: so you need to get some chocolate yeah that's creepy like even even if they don't it helps with the dementors
1: so
3: oh okay you
2: some chocolate after the dementors come and it makes you feel better yeah Wait for our Harry Potter podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what, was gonna, what were we going to call it? Harry Drinkers or something? No, that was that the was Harry Twilight. Harry yeah, because yeah, that was uh, Twilight. Oh, Twilight. Yeah. yeah.
1: But I got I got to say once again, Robert Jordan does creepy really well. His description of the Drakar, its like a cross between a beast. Slash Dementor Slash Vampire in a way it's really with, like, blood
2: eerie. red lips. It sounds
0: yeah, yeah. very very creepy and then I just yeah this whole scene I find disturbing the way that she can just she can see it happening but she can't care because she
2: she has the the music the, it, the crooning.
1: It's like something out of a Guillermo del Toro movie to me. Mm, yeah yeah
2: I can I kind of pictured it like the uh, like the the what's it um from the X Files episode with the the fluke monster. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the lamprey guy. Yeah, the lamprey guy. He has like the, the white pale face and the round mouth and the teeth. Yeah, lamprey mouth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he like goes around in the sewers. To... <laughs> like you do. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, uh, right before she's about to get kissed and, and soul drained. Oh, yeah, yeah. If, if it even touches you, if you, if it drains your soul, you'll be dead. Your body will be like you're dead for two days. But if they, if it gets interrupted, then like that's even worse because you'll be something else. something like you're, you won't be yourself anymore. Yeah, it basically
2: implies that it drains your soul, then it drains your life. So, that's, a, that's yeah, without your soul, then you're some kind of, like, half-person or something.
0: Yeah,
1: yeesh. They start acting like Matt. <laughs>
2: that's right, exactly. <laughs> so,
0: before uh, she can get soul-sucked, though, Lan and Van Deen's warder Jane... Uh, to the rescue! They do a they, double sword sh- stab. Yeah, of a sword over her left shoulder, shoulder, and the sword over a right shoulder, and then like ah, it's screaming and shaking them, and they both go embrace death. <laughs> <laughs> they ram their swords home.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so
0: good
2: <laughs> because it's not enough to save her. You have to be badass when you do. Yeah, it. you need to be, like. That's that's I would say like eighty percent of warder training is like delivering. A- uh, badass one-liners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: There's no way that they hadn't practiced this back in the day at, like, water school. That's right. <laughs>
0: this is what they were training over at the bar, and they were just like,
1: embrace death, embrace
2: death. <laughs> okay, well, so in, in water school, we're sitting down at the desk. All right, so you're in a situation. There's a Drakgar, and you're about to stab him, but he's he's singing to you. What do you say? And if someone raises their hand. Embrace death? That's good. Embrace
1: death. Right. <laughs> very good. Very, Ten very points good. to Gryffindor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> then, uh... So then uh, Moran and Land decide it's time to leave because... Somebody's sending Drakar after them. Yeah, it at this like place where they nobody was supposed to know they were there.
2: Well and and also the fact that they didn't see the Drakar coming means that it was shielded by somebody. Oh yeah, uh, which that that's gotta be a magic user, right? Yep, yeah, Exactly. Oh no. So that's that's kind of confirmation about the black Aja, which is something they've hinted at and, and been suspicious of, but this means that it's a, a thing.
3: Yeah.
0: Chapter twenty three, The Testing with the flame of Tarvalon as the symbol. So this is this chapter is all about Nynaeve being tested to become accepted, which is the tests to go from novice to accepted in the Aes Sedai school.
2: Yeah, and apparently they didn't always do this kind of thing. Like, they're saying these this is something that they found during the Trolloc Wars, right? Trolloc, Trolloc Wars? Yeah, right? So this, these Aes
0: Sedai, that's interesting. You know, they they do have, like, a direct lineal connection with the Age of Legends Aes Sedai, but there's been thousands of years of history, so everything's different.
2: Right. Everything for the way that they swear oaths to the way they test is, you know, well, I, I guess new and not new. Because the the Trolloc Wars were, were a couple hundred years ago. Is that right? I want to say a thousand years ago. Were they a thousand years ago? I thought the Age of Legends was a thousand years ago. That was 3,000 years ago. Oh, okay. Man. There's, their, their timelines are huge. Yeah. Uh, so they found this... They've got
0: this thing, this... Terra Angreal, and a Terra Angreal is like a magic artifact, basically.
2: Well, so so there's the Angreal, which is what Moraine has. And yeah, the, it's a and, booster. And then the Saw Angreal, which is a, like a super booster, I think. Yeah, but the Terra Angreal saw stronger. That's <laughs> right, <laughs> <laughs> saw, <but> saw strong. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the uh, Terra Angreal are, are, I guess, they're like use specific. They're, they they yeah. they're built for specific things. Yeah, they do a thing. They they don't necessarily charge you up. And we and because most of them were made in the Age of Legends, they don't really know what they're for, either. Yeah, which I love that idea. You yeah. find something, you don't know what it is. They talk
0: about this one, when they found it, they were like, several people were, like, stilled or killed, trying just to figure out what it is. Yeah. Which is determination, honestly. Yeah, They keep going after that. because they, they And they they say they don't even know if this is the original purpose.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's it's just, like, they know what it does now, sort of, but they don't know why it does it, they don't know what it was used for. Yeah. And every, every Terra on Greal they find is the same way. They're like... They have, they were saying that every time that they they locate one, just the the idea of testing it is tremendously dangerous, because it could do anything. <laughs>
0: right, yeah. It could blow up. <laughs> Which is super cool. I love that. That's yeah. that's so much fun. You
2: just find stuff. You have no idea
0: what it is. It's mystery. Uh, I agree. Uh, so what, what this one does is they test uh, accepted with it, and uh, there's three arches, and they go through the three arches, and there's three tests. So that's what Nynaeve is going through right now. It's like an Aes haunted house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. So the first test, she goes into the arch and this, and Sherry M. who's there and, and administering this, says this is the test for, uh, this is for what was. Right. And, uh, she goes to the arch and she, she's naked because, do things naked because. Yeah, okay, I guess. Cool. I yeah. <laughs> uh, naked time. Always. Yes. And, uh, she goes, there's a, she's in a stone maze and she has this crazy duel with Agenor, the, the forsaken we met at the end of the last book who died. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's super creepy because he's, like, this creepy old guy. Aginor was always creepy. Uh, they had this whole duel, and she, like, starts to turn the tables on him. And right before she, like, finishes him off, she sees the exit. And that's the gag here, is that the exit only comes once in these other worlds.
2: It's interesting because when... when uh, I'm sorry, what was her name? The the woman who's administering the test? Sherry, um, said, Sedai. When Sherry, um, said, Sedai describes it, she says it's supposed to show you your greatest fear. But that doesn't seem to be the case for Nynaeve. It's more like... It, it is more like a test than showing you like a fear yeah that's that's what she implies that it's it's like your fear and build it out of your fears but, but they also say it's different for every person yeah mm. and and we, all, we we learn also that the fact that naive is able to channel in the in the test because she uses her yeah when she pops out she's like all freaked out because she just had a duel with a forsaken. And says that she channeled, and Sherry M's like, you shouldn't be able to channel. It. You shouldn't even remember it. <laughs> In fact, you really shouldn't do that, because that's how a bunch of women got still the last time they used this yeah. stuff.
1: Well, I was wondering, because it says that the first one she goes through is for what was. And what it's testing is Nynaeve's, we know that one of her greatest characteristics is that she's incredibly stubborn. And so it's testing her ability to fight this forsaken, but be strong enough to leave, to not end the fight. The victor, but to be able to leave. So I wonder if that's kind yeah. of breaking down who she was in Emmons Field, where she was this top dog who got to do whatever she wanted. Now that she's come to Tarvian and she's going to be part of a group, so good. I was wondering yeah. if that was kind of the challenge for her there. Well, that's yeah, a right. good point. Yeah, it makes sense.
0: Yeah. it's like I guess the the whole thrust of the test is that you want you have to want to be Aes Sedai more than anything. And this te- this specific test is does Nynaeve want to be Aes Sedai more than she wants to. To be a Beat hero. somebody's ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vengeance, or <laughs> or, or, or um, well, righteous anger. What do yeah, you call it? Vindication, yeah. or something. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think you're right. Right. Retribution. She's, she's incredibly yeah. self righteous.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and she does. And there's there's a whole through line here that I've always found kind of weak. Is that it's not that she wants to be
2: It's That she just is pissed off at Moraine. And that's what seems to keep her sustained. Right. She's mm-hmm. like, oh no, no, I can't, I can't do this. I have to go, so I can fight It's fight Moiraine, and it's like, that That does seem a little... At this point, right? Yeah, at this point, that's, that's pretty weak. At yeah. this point, she knows enough to know that Moiraine is not her enemy. It seems almost ridiculously unreasonable for Nynaeve to be bearing this absurd grudge. Well, did you say ridiculously unreasonable about Nynaeve? <laughs> I know, well, I mean, <laughs> a good point. Yeah, so she pops out.
0: Uh, that's Arch 1. Uh, Sheriam says, you know, don't use the power, except it's going to erase your memory when you go into the next Arch, so... Just try and not get that memory erased. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> she seems to, like, bring one thing along, which is the, you know, it'll only appear once. Yeah, the,
0: the, the catchphrase. The, yeah. The, the way back will come but once, be steadfast.
3: Right. And
1: it's interesting, because she comes out, and one of the other Aes Sedai pours water over her, saying, you're washed clean of what sin you may have done and of those done against you. So it's like she gets this baptism after going through.
0: Yeah, oh, that makes sense, of, what's, of what has been done against you. So...
3: Like
2: uh. Aganor is her enemy, mm-hmm. and like, what they're saying is, forget your enemies. Well, did didn't uh, I, I? I seem to recall when they faced Aganor, Nynaeve was tortured essentially, right? She was right. I've like, forgotten that. Yeah, she like went after Aganor, and then he like lifted her up, and she was just like, yeah. you know, paralyzed and in, in like agony. Uh,
0: so the, Aganor, we never. Yeah. I guess we never got, uh, you know, to closure. See what, yeah, closure. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good, yeah, good literary word there uh, about that. But yeah, that would. That would connect, right? That's why she would be really angry and afraid of Agonor. Right. So she heads into Arch Two. This one is for what is apparently.
1: So we're getting a little Dickensian here, a little bit Christmas, Christmas Carol. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. yeah. the ghost of Christmas Present.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, true. The Arch of Christmas Present. This yeah. one is is heartbreaking, in my opinion. Oh, it is. I know, right? I, I liked Emmonsfield. It's like this idyllic small town where all the villagers like pitch in and. You know, they all have a part in the community, and they all take care of each other. So she goes back to another version of Emmonsfield, where after she's left, because she did leave the real Emmons Field, like, another really mean wisdom showed up, and has been poisoning people, and just ruthlessly controlling the, the town. Yeah. People, she's been keeping the, the children sick, yep. so that they can't get rid of her, because she's the only one that can, like, make
2: them not get sick.
1: Mm-hmm. And she's
3: and,
2: killed, like, all these people she's killed. Yeah, uh, pe- people that speak against her get sick, and... And die. Like, within d- within a day, yeah. Yeah.
1: And I thought it was a little funny, though, because she, she runs into Bran Alvier's wife, and she tells her she's a bully. She browbeats you into doing what she wants. She keeps at you and keeps at you until you're too tired to say no anymore. And worse, she knocked this guy down. So, and which the, is exactly what Nynaeve was doing. Uh, I except, know, I was
2: like, that doesn't sound that different yeah, from Nynaeve, actually.
1: Except yeah. Nynaeve definitely was was not poisoning, poisoning people yeah. and murdering people. Yeah, so. yeah
2: right.
0: And, and at least in her heart, Nynaeve had their best interests. Sure. Uh, but yeah, so there's, there's this other mean woman, Malena, right? Malena? Malina, Malena, Malena. Malena? Yeah, Malena, who is, who is basically being awful and, and is, is ruining Emmons Field and being just the nightmare like, there's kind of like the nightmare version of Nynaeve, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nynaeve without the, the good heart.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And they're begging Nynaeve for help. You know, without, you know, without you, we can't stand up to her. She'll just keep going on dominating us, and our lives are terrible.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's just it's heartbreaking to see Emmons Fields brought so low.
3: Yeah. And then but then
0: before Nynaeve can uh, do anything help them. to help, yeah. Yeah, just, just when she's about to confront this Milena, there's the way out. Mm-hmm. She has to leave.
1: This was very Tolkien-esque to me. It reminded me of the scene with Frodo and Galadriel when they're in, uh, is it Mirkwood? I think where she um, pours the wa- Lothlorian. Lothlorien? when she pours the water and Frodo looks into it and he sees Hobbiton being completely destroyed. Yeah.
0: It's
1: very Tolkien-esque.
0: Yeah, these are the things that, that you have to be aware of. Yeah, mm-hmm. the dark,
2: the dark truths. Yeah. Uh... It's terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Marin is like screaming for help as she's walking away, which is right.
0: She has to leave her friends. She has to leave all of her people behind. Uh, and it's pretty clear what the Sedai lesson is there. Yep. Yeah. Forget yeah. your old family, your Sedai yep. now. Mm-hmm. But she does it because she's got to stick it to Moraine. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So she heads back out, and man, that's awful. She comes out, comes out screaming. You know, tell me it wasn't real. Ah, and they're like, "Yep, everybody says that." It's just <laughs> awful. That's that's normal. Yeah.
1: But the third one you're about to enter is the worst of all
0: <laughs> yep uh, and this is for what will be uh, and in my notes, the only thing I wrote down for this are land's babies <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: right yeah uh, they had 90's greatest fear of all is marrying land apparently <laughs> <laughs> well the greatest fear is, is is not really her fear
0: it's it's she has to abandon things right. She had to abandon justice, she had to abandon her old life in the village, and now she has to abandon the love of her life that she's known for a month. Right. <laughs> 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 yeah, so she's goes into this one and it's and it's like a dream where she is in Malkyr, and Malkir is, is has been rescued from the blight. The towers have been rebuilt. Mal uh Lan, or I should say Alman. Land Men Lan, Dragran,
2: Lord of the Seven Towers. <laughs> yeah,
0: is now king of Malkir again, and she is his queen, and they have kids together. And their kids are, like, spunky and, and, and cool, and Lan is handsome, and, like, he's not super hard anymore. He's, like, nice, and he smiles a lot because she fixed him.
1: And she's even getting memories of this life that they apparently yeah, had together, right? which I thought was kind of heartbreaking.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's filling in memories.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's terrible. And, and the, the arch appears and then disappears, which
1: is... Right,
0: because this, this is so tempting, this, this dream world that Nynaeve turns away from it. She she is not steadfast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then she channels to bring the arch yeah, back. Yeah, which she's not supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, because, and she's, this is terrible, right? Her heart is breaking because she has to abandon Lan. And Lan is like... Don't leave me! I love you, please.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: but she channels to bring the the arch back because this, this is another thing. It's not supposed to be possible. Yeah.
1: And she, cha- but she channels in a weird way because she sees that flower bud, which apparently is how all women channel by feeling flowers. Because yeah. you know, really? Robert Jordan, women be flowers. Yeah, yeah. but she- but this one has a bunch of thorns, and when she comes back out, she's got. Blackthorn,
0: have, she's got
1: stigmata. she's got stigmata. Yeah, yeah.
0: She has thorn. Yeah, that's right. She imagines black thorns around the flower because she's so pissed off at, at having to do this.
1: Yeah, yeah. So perhaps she's being reborn. Oh my oh, gosh! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like after her baptism.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're back, and then they pour some water <laughs> on her. Yep. Which is how some sects of Christianity do. <laughs> <Right>. Yep,
1: <laughs> you are washed clean of Nynaeve Al mayara from Ammon's field. You have come to us washed clean, you are accepted of the White Tower, you are sealed to us now.
2: Wow. Yeah. yeah. And this is this is shattering. Commitment. Yeah. That she's really committed now. And she comes out saying, I hate I hate all I Sedai, and is like, Yeah, that's pretty normal. <laughs>
3: yeah,
2: that's <it>. Everybody <laughs> says that. Yeah,
0: that's that's an appropriate reaction to what we just put you through. I mean this this seems awful. How many people actually do survive this? They, that's a good question. Or- I mean, if she had been in that world after the the gate left, does that mean she just lives happily with land forever? Uh, we don't know. We don't
2: know. They, she is that said a world that where the Dark One has been defeated because they're in Malkier and the Blight is gone? She says that a lot of women don't come out of there. Like, that the, 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 some women go in and just don't come back out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's possible. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, that's... You that, would that, that be so, so bad, flight. right? Would it be so bad if she just stayed in there? Yeah, right? For Nynaeve,
0: isn't that... A happy ending? Okay. She lives in a world custom made to be the happiest world she could live in? Yeah.
1: Sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, yeah right? Screw I'm, I, I'm, I. I'm not yeah. sure I'd go through
2: that silver arch. I'd be like, yeah, alright, let's do this thing. <laughs> yeah,
0: maybe it's a world where she found and killed Moraine. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so that's the end of that. Um, I, they constantly talk about how there are so few novices, right? And that, the, that it's a shame because there aren't enough Aes Sedai coming up through the ranks. But they have this incredibly difficult test.
1: initiation.
0: Yeah, like that. Surely there got to be like rear echelon jobs for Sedai where they could,
2: you know, push papers on a desk. I mean, I get it. You wouldn't want like someone. You wouldn't want someone in doing moraine's job mm-hmm. who isn't, you know, as hard as moraine right? Well, what about like Virin or or Vandine and Adelaus?
1: the one who are just sc- they're scholars, yeah, slash they, librarians, they're
0: researchers. What do they have to be these these hardcore?
2: Uh, survive the the, tr- the deadly trials, people. Well, I mean, they're going to have to fight dragons at some point, right? That's the thing. Are they? They're false dragons, at least. They're false dragons. but
0: there's a whole sect of uh, there's a whole Aja for that, right? Yeah, that's true.
1: I guess it's just going back to this idea that power is dangerous, and these women have this power, so they have to be tested.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. they, they mentioned that was why the that the oath that the Isidai take was not always a thing, but it, because uh, in the modern world rulers are wary of Aes I Sedai. I. They have to take this oath so that yeah. the rulers won't be afraid they're going to overthrow things. Yeah, so it's to protect the Aes I Sedai. I, make them trustworthy. Yeah. Uh,
0: they also say that if you don't pass these tests or if you uh, wash out in novice training, they keep you there until you, you're known enough not to blow yourself up and then just let you go. Yeah, they give you... A, what, so they're, they're some be, money. Yeah, they give you... Like, was a year's worth of silver or something like yeah, that? Yeah,
3: that's a lot. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh,
2: so there, could, there are, theoretically, a bunch of people out there that can channel just out there living their lives yeah a, a lot because they, i think they yeah. said out of 40 novices seven or eight will become accepted yeah so that's a, that's a i guess they don't become novices
0: unless they have the ability to channel so that's a bunch of people who can channel just out there
2: yeah and well i mean I, doesn't moraine say in book one that uh often that people like that become wisdoms or something like that yeah mm. so they use their they use the, the one power in, in very simple ways without knowing it right yeah interesting so, chapter 24 New Friends and Old Enemies. God, this chapter was so awkward.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: It was. Yeah, it was. It was very <laughs> Ugh. Uh, cringy, glurgy. Yeah. yeah. The icon is the Flame of Tarvalon because we are still in Tarvalon. Right. And Egwene meets Elaine. Her <laughs> new roommate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're just. They're, they happen to be roommates because <laughs> I guess Robert Jordan couldn't make a new character, he had to use an old one. Yeah. And they are instant friends. They actually have a
2: conversation about how we're going to be friends. Luckily, since, like, you know, this is, I mean, they have uh, a little bit of a, a common acquaintance. Yeah, right. They both have a little bit of a thing for Rand, right? Yeah,
0: I like, I kind of like that everybody Egwene meets in this chapter
2: asks about Rand. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, she's she's clearly getting a little irritated she's by like, it. How many girls did he meet? <laughs>
1: yeah, this does not pass the Bechdel test.
2: Nope. Everyone yeah. loves Rand.
0: Yeah, Elaine explains the novice rules to Egwene. Uh and it takes Egwene a bit to realize that Elaine is the daughter heir of Andor. Because yeah. here she's just a novice, you know, no special treatment. And Elaine says something really interesting. This is why the Aes Sedai are weak as yeah. a theory. It's cause they've been Basically, killing all the men. They've been gentling them and then they kill themselves. So it's like genetics. It's just, it's just genetics. Yeah. They've been culling out the ability to channel, mm. which is why they're all weak and why they've lost their, their powers and their knowledge and stuff, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. apparently
2: that's Sheriam's theory. And Sheriam is blue Aja, right? I forgot. I think she's blue. Yeah. So. I assume that everyone in position power in Tarvalon is a blue Aja. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. She is. Yeah. That's a really good theory. And so, is this the first time they thought of it? Right or, or or well, you have to keep in mind that in the politics of Tarvalon, an idea, a theory like this would be very unpopular with like the Red Aja who are. Well, I
3: mean,
0: what I'm saying is this: even if this is true, you can solve this problem, right? You, they have
2: these dudes. That's true, but they don't. Well, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, if you're breeding anyway, I I, I, I suspect that the Isidai might reject that particular proposal. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean... but I mean, if it's, I guess it's for the betterment of huma- humanity, right? Yeah.
1: I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Green Aja,
0: I mean, you know, that's... yeah, right? And they're the breeders. They can have like a pregnancy Aja. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's fucked up.
0: Yeah, but it wouldn't, you know, be wouldn't hurt or anything. They got magic. Yeah. That's true. I don't know. I just feel like they haven't taken this theory to its logical conclusion. <laughs> uh, so where there's a, just a whole list of, of old characters from the the previous book that have popped up again, starting yeah, with Els Grinwell. Yeah, I was
2: like, I was like, so basically, the tar- tar- Tarvalon is collecting all the girls who have a crush on Rand, right? <laughs> like that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, right? they're collecting them all and bringing them all together. And I guess Rand's like maybe because he's Tarverin or maybe because he's the Dragon Reborn. He's like his presence seems to like make people I Sedai. <laughs> Yeah, right?
0: (laughs)
1: Because Elsie Grinwall is trying to be an Aes Sedai. She says, Ran came to her father's farm. It seemed they put notions of the world beyond the next village into her head, and she ran away to become an Aes Sedai.
0: Yeah, right? Yeah. It it really was, because Ran showed up. Mm -hmm. It made her want to see the broader world, because there's there's
2: so many handsome boys out there. (laughs)
1: I'll buy it. If he's Tavaren, I'll buy that her meeting him can change
2: that. But definitely every Lady Ran hangs out with seems to start (laughs) (laughs) channeling. It's true. Uh, Of course... Elaine says that Else Grenwell is probably going to wash out. Cause, yeah, cause she's lazy. Yeah. yeah.
1: She just goes and watches the dudes working out.
3: Yeah. <laughs> she does.
2: Which is not... not. I mean, like, that's basically what she was doing when we met her last time, too, right? She was watching Rand work out. Oh, yeah. and the,
0: the, Yeah, it's true.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Without a shirt on.
2: Yeah. The, so, yeah, Elaine explains the
0: novice rules, which is important, I guess, because uh, the novices are like children. They're not allowed to do anything. They have to do a lot of chores. Yeah. Uh, and it's... I don't know what this is
2: like. Is this like boot camp? Is this like it's. It sounds sort of like boot camp. I I, I can't think of any other analog. Yeah. Mm. You're, when you're when you're new and you're a grunt, you're like you're, you're
1: scrubbing doing the them. floors with toothbrushes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
2: right. Even though these are, they literally could magic the place clean. Instead, they have this drudgery aesthetic. And and uh, additionally, all of the they mentioned that they have almost a, an unreasonable number of rules, such that. You're likely to break one, and if you break a rule, then you get beaten by. Sharing. Yeah, that does sound
0: like boot camp.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it sounds like they're are <clears> trying to, trying to beat you, you into shape. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: so they go for a walk, in which they meet Loghain... Uh, who's all sad now because they gentled him?
2: Yeah, Aww. and he he makes like a suicide joke. He does He's like you're hoping I'll find you're you're afraid I'm going to find a knife for myself. Oh, <laughs> like oh man. Yeah,
0: yeah. They they shepherd him like a cow back into the garden. <sighs> okay, I'm just going to go for a walk. Uh, that's really sad. It does sound very unpleasant. He was so cool before. Yeah. Uh, this is the first time anybody's talked to him though, right? That we've known. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. But then they meet Min who's really cool. Yay, Min! Yeah, because Min has visions. She sees auras and images around people that, that gives hints of things to come and things
2: in the past. But, uh, again, somebody who has, like, a connection with Rand and makes it even more awkward, right? Because <laughs> th- didn't she had. Was, wasn't she saying that she was supposed to marry Rand or something? Or she was hinting? She says that at some point. She says, like, I I know that I'm going to fall in love with this guy
0: that I met one time.
1: But, but she also, didn't she say she knows she's going to have to share him with two other women?
0: That's she what said,
2: Elaine. <laughs> she said to Elaine that, that when you get married, you're going to have to share your husband with two other women. Oh. And she doesn't know that that's. Probably Rand, but that's probably Rand. <laughs> yeah, it's probably Rand, and then mm-hmm. it's one of the other women, and maybe Egwene. I don't know.
0: But yeah, they're maybe.
1: fast friends.
2: Yeah, but all three of them are are fast are BFFs. BFFs, forever. And they and they they decide that they're not even going to let Rand get between them. That's what they say. Right? Yeah. And so
1: if if we can can we talk about them meeting Gawain and Galad, and then I want to make a point. Yeah, sure. So
2: yeah, then they meet
0: on this list of people they meet, Gawain and Galad. And Glad is just the handsomest handsome that ever handsomed. And
2: he just like... Starts immediately laying the moves on Egwene, right? Absolutely.
3: He's
0: yeah. like,
2: "Hey, pleased to meet you. You want to go for a walk sometime, or maybe we go into the village together? <laughs> if you can get permission from your <laughs> your keepers." guess. <Right>. <laughs> just met her I, just now. Just met her. Is this what he does to every single novice that he meets? I, I mean, he's probably he's probably like a conqueror type dude, right? I mean, like, he, yeah, he sounds awful. Like I'm, I was I was really uncomfortable right. with and this she, guy, but, but he's
0: so handsome that Egwene doesn't even notice that Gawain is there. Yeah, you know, the the prince, whatever, prince of the sword of Andor uh, who seems like he's not chopped liver himself right except the lad is just so amazing Mm -hmm. walking around with his shirt off Uh, yeah so yeah then eventually they, they piss off yeah Gawin,
2: of course, asked about Rand because everybody asks Because, you know, he has a little thing for him, too. That's fine. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's fine.
2: Whatever. Yeah. yeah.
1: But I, I just need to read the cringiest cringy in Cringetown from this chapter. Yeah. Egwain is hanging out with Elaine and Min and Gawain is just kind of there hanging out with them as well. And uh, Egwain says, I really do like you, she said abruptly, including both girls in her gesture. I want to be your friend. And I want to be yours," Elaine said impulsively. Egwene <laughs> hugged her, and then Min jumped down, and the three of them stood there on the bridge, hugging one and hugging one another altogether. "We three are tied together," Min said, "and we cannot let any man get in the way of that. Not even him." Would one of you mind telling me what this is all about?" Gawain inquired gently. "You would not understand," his sister said, and the three girls all got all caught a fit of the giggles.
2: This is so, this is so bad, right? Yeah. Apparently,
1: this is how Robert Jordan thinks women act, young women act together. That's exactly
2: what I, this whole chapter made me think that. I was like, is this Robert, like, this is the best Robert Jordan can do writing, like, normal girl interactions. And this is so uncomfortable.
1: BFFs forever. Yeah, we're going to be friends forever, no matter what that man says. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: (laughs) It was painful. yeah. Yeah. And they're giggling.
0: And they're giggling. Yes. Of course, yeah, of girls course they're giggling. Girls giggle. Yeah, about men. About men. Uh, right, so, but in the middle of this giggle party, <clears throat> uh, yeah, well, Gwynne actually points out that, he, he makes the point that everybody that Rand has talked to it has, has been swept up into something, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he talks about the farmer, right? I don't even remember the guy's name, that that the Rand and Matt rode into the city on... Yep. ...that he decided I to mean, change... I mean, on his cart, they didn't ride him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 they didn't ride the farmer. They rode the cart. Whatever, yeah. True, right. Yeah, that they rode into the city on whose cart of... <laughs>
3: can't
0: talk. The farmer whose cart they rode into the city. <laughs> yes. The farmer whose cart they rode into the city... Like decided to change his whole life. Instead of going back to his farm, he stayed in the the city and and became like a partisan for the queen.
2: Yeah, stood with the queen during the riots. Apparently, yeah, so. right. Just just the effect of talking to Rand. He's got like radioactive plot powers. Right, and and uh, I think he even yeah he even says. Maybe he's a tavern.
1: <laughs> yeah, Gawain notes a lot, though. I was surprised he was able to pull a lot of different stuff together. I didn't know he knew so much about all these different characters. They,
2: they say when they we first meet him, he's very well-read, and that it's just part of his, like, princely training as he reads all this stuff, and he's educated in all these interesting ways. So, yeah, it's it's kind of cool seeing him, like, put this... He's, he's clearly very, very perceptive.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Elida breaks it up.
2: Yeah. Coming oof. striding across the
0: garden. Right, right. Uh, and basically... What's the word? Uh,
1: chastises Debbie
0: Downer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she sure, yeah, she chastises them and and sends them sends the novices scurrying and then interrogates men
2: about what Moraine is doing. Yeah, and then uh, she also berates uh, Elaine a bit for being too familiar with her and then signs her up for a switching. Oh yeah, as a and, uh, tells
0: her to go 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 get yourself whipped. Yeah, and then misses the novices. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Gwyn, when he sees Elida coming, like
2: runs. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> I am out of here. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, so Elida's uh, pretty rough. Yeah, but Min, Min apparently is lying to Elida intentionally. Yeah. She's covering for whatever Moraine is doing. Yeah, the reason Min is
0: there is because it's of her proper powers. Oh, yeah, yeah no, right. She's not a channeler.
1: She's not trying to become an Aes Sedai either.
0: Chapter 25. Kyrian. And this is a new symbol, right? Yeah, this is the rising sun of Kyrian. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Rand makes it to Kyrian, which is another big city, you know, not that big a deal. He's he's an old hand at big cities now. Right. It's like uh, it's whatever, you know. But it's fine. pretty cool. It's like a super square city with square walls, and there's these towers with unfinished towers with a uh, with broken tops. And all the on the outside I like this. I like this description. On the outside is the the market city on the outside of the walls where life it's very rambunctious and, and life is bustling and everybody's all kinds of different colors and smells and foods and activity and then on the inside it's super buttoned down and, and nobody meets each other's gaze and there's no noise
2: and there's no liveliness yeah this is a very interesting city the way it's structured because they they call it foregate capital f as if it's its own city or town but it's really just the parts just outside the gates and they said i think that It used to be a series of markets that were outside of each gate, and they just sort of, over time, grew and spread and became one giant. Just one big city all around the whole thing. I thought
1: it was interesting because it sounds like they're having some sort of celebration while they're going. And it sounded like a Chinese New Year. Uh, They had a bunch of people dressed like gigantic um, fantastical creatures, and they've got fireworks. So I thought that was kind of cool.
2: Yeah, apparently the f- the Illuminators have their own branch here. We learned from Huron, who at this point Hurin is just like super MVP. He just knows all this Kyrian information. Is <laughs> just like given yeah. given give Rand the Cliff Notes. Absolutely, and uh, I like the politics here because they say that there's
0: there shouldn't be all these many people in the Four City, but it's they're still there after the Aiel War. Yeah, and
2: apparently the city's still recovering. As yeah, re- yeah the, that's what
0: why the towers are destroyed because the Aiel the War was, burned them.
2: Was what? It
0: was 20 years ago.
2: 20 years ago, yeah. And so there's still people
0: that haven't moved back to their land. They're still huddling in the city. Right. And the, the king is, like, bringing in food for them and, and having all these entertainments to keep them entertained because...
1: Bre- bread and circuses. Yeah,
0: bread and circuses. Absolutely. It's a disaster. Yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, that's that's happened real in real life in history. That happened in Rome for a while where they had these just waves of refugees they had nothing to do with. And so they had to they had to keep them at peace so they wouldn't
2: riot. Yep. But yeah, Foregate is this this really vibrant and and wild and like interesting place, and then you go into Kyrian proper, and it's very subdued, and everyone's quiet and minding their own business, seemingly, but they're all playing this stupid game.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the game of houses everybody Rand meets is, like, watching him and noting down everything he does and calculating it as though it were a move in the great game. This made me so
2: uncomfortable for him. I was just like, oh,
0: man, I would hate this place. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, like, he's like, oh, well, I'll just take an inn out here in the in the cool part of the city. And they're they like, oh. <sighs> oh. And then Huron's like, no, no, you shouldn't do that. And he's like, okay, well, I'll take an inn in the lordly part of the
2: city. And they're like,
3: oh. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> I
2: know. Uh, it's and a- he goes to the inn, and he, they hang out for a little bit, and, like... He re- immediately receives three invitations for for lordly yeah, houses. right. Like,
0: what is going like on at here? The and he's he's still. I don't know why he's still acting like a lord because he's not. Right.
1: Well, doesn't he keep protesting he's not? But there just nobody believes him.
0: But at this point, he's not protesting anymore. For a while, it was because he wants to impress
2: Celine because she's so pretty and her skin's so soft. <laughs> I think it's also for Huron's benefit, maybe because the the guy like really needs somebody to uh, apparently. He's lost without a lord to follow or something, I guess. But you're right. It's but That it's was, strange that was su- when they were in, like, Terror Land. Yeah. But they're not. They're in the place where Huron knows the place. It's very strange that he's still keeping up the act. And he he says, oh, man, I need to get a new shirt so people quit, like, treating me this way. But he could just say, I'm not a lord, right? Yeah. I mean, he could buy a coat right now. Yeah.
0: Buy yeah, a regular he's coat. He's in the city. <laughs> yeah. Nothing's stopping him. He's the lord. <laughs>
2: And apparently he has money to burn because, you know, I, I I guess he just got a huge amount of money from Faldara and he's just traveling with it because, like, he's staying in an inn. He's, like, throwing coins at people. I don't know. Yeah. uh Right. So, but anyway, he does head into an inn. Yeah. And, and he gets those invitations. Yeah. That's crazy. Which right? immediately burns, which is apparently... And they're like, oh. Oh. He burns the... Oh. Yeah. And they're like, you're going to get even more invitations now. Yeah. he's <laughs> like, don't do that. That's worse. <laughs> Which doesn't... Uh. Nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. Apparently, yeah. you play the game, and the game plays you.
0: Yeah, right? Uh, I, I actually like the, I think it's cool. You know, how, No, I
2: think it's yeah. interesting, but I think I personally would like, like just hate it. Because, you know, the scrutiny and just, like, everything. Happened. Right,
0: yeah, every piece of what he did. And, and, you know, he is an interesting fellow, right? Looks like yeah. an Isleman is carrying oh, sure. a hair blade, travels with an Ogier with a, a mysterious package that he won't let anybody see. <laughs>
2: That's right. He's he's definitely uh, if nothing else the the gossip of the town for sure yeah
1: and so he, I love how he essentially says well fuck that and he goes back out to the cool part to the fort gate right. yeah yeah
0: I liked I liked how all the noble people the upper class people were wearing dark outfits with stripes of color mm-hmm. the more stripes is like more more fancy they are yeah. mm-hmm. and all the the non noble people are wearing like a riot of colors almost like a tinker.
2: Uh, yeah, that was, I think that was a neat touch. Yeah, 4 was, was definitely the place where I'd hang out. Robert Jones is really good at painting a picture. I agree. Almost see this place. Yeah, yeah, he can't write people, but he can definitely write, lo- like, yeah. locations yeah. and settings. Yeah, he goes out to the 4City, where...
0: Woo! <laughs> Yay! yeah. Comes back! That's right, he finds Tom
2: Marilyn, oh, who man. we thought was dead. But uh, Moraine said wasn't dead. But, I mean, he... He, the last time we saw him, he was charging at a fade, and that doesn't usually go right. well for going one on one with a fade.
0: And
1: I'd like to point out that three paragraphs after we realize Tom is still alive, he blows out his mustaches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that's right. <laughs> Which means even when our main characters aren't there, he's doing that every five minutes. Right. right. And it
1: says not only does he blow out his mustaches, he blows them out disdainfully.
0: Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's you do blow them out like kind of a downward <laughs> angle with outward camber.
2: Yeah. Both of them, because <laughs> he's got a, he's got two mustaches.
0: <laughs> that's right. Mustaches. With disdain. In the
3: world.
2: <laughs> uh, it's great. I love it. Tom Merrill is back. He's so much fun. He's yeah. He's he's definitely one of my favorite characters from the first book. So I'm really excited to see him again. Mm-hmm. I hope he sticks around for a little bit. Yeah, and he's here performing. Yeah, just making money, right? That's he's right. like, screw you guys with your saving the world quest. I gotta go. I got bills to pay. Which, to be fair, is like a totally reasonable thing for him. He's not really tied to any of this, right? Like yeah. he got involved by accident, so. Yeah, as soon as he's not around them, he, he should bail.
0: Yeah, absolutely, the yeah. The
2: best thing for him to do is go somewhere else. But now he's back in. Uh-oh, I know. Now he's got brought back in. But, you know, the first thing he's concerned about... <laughs> yeah, where's my instruments? <laughs> yeah, you
0: got
1: my <laughs> shit.
2: You clumsy farm boy. <laughs> Bring me my shit.
1: I mean, fair enough, though. Those are the tools of his trade. That's how he makes his... And they're very money. fancy.
0: Yeah. It's true. Uh, they're lordly, even. Yeah. Tom and Rand agree to meet up later and... and Hang yeah, hang out. Have I mean, some bro time. <laughs> that's right. And that's the end of that chapter. So that's it for this episode of The Dragon Reread. Next time we're going to cover chapters 26 through 31 of The Great Hunt. I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter.
1: I'm Alice Sullivan.
0: And I'm Mike Sparkman. And uh, if you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at com. And please share us with anybody you think will like us. Give us good reviews on wherever you got this. And please like us in real life. We're very likable. I'm not.
2: <laughs> Most Al- of us are likable. Alice is... She's fine.
1: <laughs> Likable-ish.
2: <laughs> well, I am a woman. <laughs> That's right. A flower or a, a mean cook or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So until next time. The, the
1: Light Illumin you. you.